this kidney stone wasn't going away because, you know, my body was trying to tell me, like, there's something going on in you and we're not going to leave until you get this checked out. So they go to scan me to see how far this kidney stone is ready to fall out. And um, they come in the room with me and they say, uh, we just want to let you know um, we saw a breast lump on your scan. Um, most breast lumps are benign, but we just, you know, we're going to give you information, everything that you need to know. Um, so while I was out of the room, when they scanned me, um, of course I missed the phone call from my OB and she was leaving a voicemail and she's like, Hey Kelly, it's uh, Dr. Bruschetti. Give me a call back. And so I'm like, Oh great. She sounds happy. I call her back and she's like, you can tell that like her tune was changing. She was trying to find the right words to say to me. Welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Our podcasts are made possible thanks to our sponsors, Storm My Tumor. Storm My Tumor provides live tumor preservations and coordination of advanced diagnostics and personalized immunotherapies. Your preserved tumor contains the most important information about your cancer. So be sure to check out Store My Tumor and learn about their services. Thank you so much for supporting us. Today on Breast Cancer Conversations podcast, I am so excited to have Kelly Thomas on the show. Kelly and I have been emailing, texting, and could not wait to actually share stories. Kelly is funny, kind, and transparent about everything she has experienced with breast cancer. She has become a spokeswoman for triple negative thrivers and a face I am sure you will recognize all over social media. January 31st, 2018, I was diagnosed with stage 3C triple negative breast cancer. Uh, four rounds of adriamycin cytoxin. Um, I did eight rounds of Taxol and I did four rounds of Carboplatin. My journey with triple negative is kind of interesting. So then I go to see my uh, my breast surgeon, who is like toughest lady you'll ever meet, like will always give it to you straight. And I go to see her, and she goes, hm, "We'll see. Let's do this chemotherapy. I'm scared as shit, but let's let's do this thing." Welcome to the conversation. My name is Kelly Thomas. I'm from Jackson, New Jersey. What up, Jersey Shore? Um, my handle on Instagram is TalkIsCheapXL. You are triple negative breast cancer, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I am on the, actually, in my whole situation, I feel like my whole thing is gray because I'm not triple positive and I'm not, I'm like negative in some areas, but not all negative. So I feel like I was on like okay. five, five different chemotherapies as like neoadjuvant chemotherapy to try and shrink the tumor. Mm. And then also on like the immunotherapies of like Herceptin that people are on for a year. And then I was also on like Progetta and Capsidabine and a couple other like after. Okay. All right. Because my doctor. So it sounds like you're both though. Like, I know. Your regimen is triple negative and triple positive. <laughs> <laughs> Best of all worlds right Still over here. better than one. <laughs> for sure. So, and I think that's because I mean, I go back to like a year ago and I told my doctor, like, we got to be aggressive. 
I just agree with you. I trust you. I got a good care team. We got to be aggressive. But like, honestly, two years later, I'm like, I'm tired of being aggressive. <laughs> I know. So that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I have some lingo in all of the worlds, but like not a specialty in any of them. So I would love to hear your story. My understanding is that with triple negative, you don't have something similar because of the receptors do not necessarily respond to the hormonal drugs. So I would love from someone who's gone through it and understands like the technical terms for you to just like share and expound a little bit about triple negative so that our listeners can hear from someone who is in it and going through it. Sure. January 31st, 2018, I was diagnosed with stage 3C triple negative breast cancer. Um, was kind of a shock to me because I don't have any family members with breast cancer. I do have cancer in my family, just not breast cancer. Sure. Um, triple negative, they basically test your tumor and they check for the three hormone receptors, HER2, um, progesterone, and um, estrogen. So all of our tumors have, they don't show up on any of these, these scans. So, which makes it a lot harder. Uh, triple negative is a very aggressive cancer and it's also known, and I hate to say this, it's called, it's referred to as the kiss of death breast cancer. It is? Um, yes. Oh no. Google, if you Google um, trip, um, kiss of death breast cancer, it'll say triple negative. Yeah, I just found that out recently. That's like the worst so, hashtag um, ever. Like... <laughs> Um, so like people with, we have, um, less options out there. Uh, we were kind of ignored from the pharmaceutical companies and a lot of research because it, you know, there wasn't much hope for people like us. And, um, I was told like, geez, like if you had this 20 years ago, like you, you know, just, you know, plan out the rest of your life now. Right. Um, um, the good news with triple negative is. Um, our cancer responds the best to a uh, new adjuvant chemotherapy. So, awesome. so for the, a lot of the breast cancers out there, they will only, they will do like the, uh, surgery first, most likely with triple negatives. We do chemo first, 16 rounds normally. Um, and then we do the, uh, surgery and then we do the radiation depending on if it is advanced, if it's IDC, um, if it's in your lymph nodes, if it's gone anywhere else in your body. Um, so I did that. I did 16 rounds of chemotherapy. I did, um, uh, four rounds of adriamycin cytoxin. Um, I did eight rounds of Taxol and I did four rounds of carboplatin. Carboplatin is kind of interesting. So carboplatin is a drug that um, we use a lot. He, I talk to people all over the country, yeah. all over the world. And um, a lot of people in different countries don't get the carboplatin or the doctors don't prescribe it. Carboplatin is a metallic-based chemotherapy. It's really hard on you. It's hard on your heart. It's a no-mess-around type of drug. But mm. your oncologist will evaluate you and say, you know, carboplatin can kill you, so to speak. But normally in a 30-year-old, 30, 30 they're like, we're not worried that, you know, anything is going to happen. We would never give you anything that we think that would compromise your health. So, um, so I did that. Um, my journey with triple negative is kind of interesting. 
because I did the 16 rounds of chemo, um, the tumor started to shrink to the point that we couldn't feel it anymore. Oh, that's awesome. I went what for good news my there. breast CT scan. I went to, I had it reviewed by my oncologist. He was so excited. He was like, complete response. It's all gone in your breast and your lymph nodes. It's nowhere. So then I go to see my, uh, my breast surgeon who is like, toughest lady you'll ever meet. Like, we'll always give it to you straight. And I go to see her and she goes, hmm, we'll see. I was like, well, what? you should be excited, you know? She's like, we'll see. And would you know that she was absolutely correct? Because during surgery, they found nothing in the breasts. But in the lymph nodes, they found estrogen positive cancer. What? So now I'm like a little weird with scans now. I'm like, all right, if I get scanned and it says one thing, is, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So I go to see my oncologist. He literally, look, I knew what it said before he did. He's the kind of oncologist, and I love this about him. He doesn't know, he has so many patients that he doesn't have time to prep. So times when you're sitting with him is when he finds out. So I already knew what was there because the breast surgeon told me. And I I see him, and he just looks at the paper, and he, like, turns, like, ghost white. Oh, my gosh, because he's thinking complete response here. He's like, um... Did they explain this to you? And I'm like, yeah. I cried my tears. Like, I'm ready to move on and go to the next thing. And I said, he's very, I love him. You'll, you you follow me on Instagram. You know that I have a low-key, like, affair yeah. with my oncologist. But Don't we all? He's they're very, just, very smart. They're your lives. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, very smart. And um, I said, how did this happen? He goes, Okay. This happens to like 3% of cancer patients. You had a second mutation during chemotherapy. So while, which sounds crazy, you think you're getting chemotherapy, you're killing all the bad things, not true. For most part, it is true, but there's a small percentage that you could have a second mutation. So my triple negative cells actually fought back against the chemotherapy and mutated some of the some of the cells mutated into um, estrogen positive, so it was able to dodge yeah. the chemo and start to grow so, and become something else. Like mm-hmm. okay, but the positives are, you know, they say estrogen positive cancer is the good breast cancer because it grows so slow. Mm-hmm. So that was you know that was like the good thing about all this and. Um, so for that, I that was that was before I did radiation. So then, did my fills, did my radiation. When radiation was done, um, they put me on a drug called Zolota. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, Zolota is my like cancer twin over here. <laughs> yeah. Zolota is that new drug that triple negatives most likely will get if there's residual cancer found after surgery. Or if your cancer went to your lymph nodes, you would get this as well. Um, Pretty much the only drug that is available to us as as triple negatives and the only thing that we really have, like, to hold on to because usually it's like, you know, we they treat the cancer, they get rid of the cancer, and then you just become, like, a ticking clock. 
and you're just watched and watched and watched because yes, our cancer is aggressive and it's most likely to come back. And if it is most likely to come back, it's most likely to metastasize to our lungs, our bones, our brain, and it's very scary. So, you know, there's, although it is considered a chemotherapy drug, it's a lot better than the IV chemo. And, you know, it's awesome that we able to have a drug for us, but because before we didn't have anything and, you know, it's, it's only a six month drug, but, um, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like it, it's a stage four drug actually. So triple negatives get it and uh, stage four colon cancer patients get it. Mm -hmm. And now from, you know, networking with so many people on Instagram, I'm finding out that all different, all different types of breast cancers are getting it now. You don't have to be triple negative to get uh, um, Zolota. And that was my experience too. So I was, so I did not have a complete response either um, after my adjuvant or neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And my oncologist was, oncologist was super excited, thinking it was shrinking, and I had a really good opportunity here. And it came back with um, not one hundred percent complete response rate, and there was residual. And I thought that was really hard to take in because I I remember breaking down in the in the oncology room, right, when they're giving me my pathology report, and they were just saying, because there's residual, it doesn't mean that you're, you still have cancer. They were still trying to convince me that I was, there's no evidence of disease, right? They don't like to use the terms cancer-free, but they would use like NED, like no evidence of disease. But because the chemotherapy did not kill all of the cancer in your tumor cells, you know, there's probably at like a microscopic level that can't be picked up, that there's a potential of, you know, more cancer living in our bodies. And so the same thing, I had radiation as well, and then I was giving given Zolota for six months. And while it wasn't the IV, it was a pill that we took every day. And I remember my hands, I had the reactions where my hands turned really red and my feet turned really red, and it was so painful to like touch and walk and stand. I don't know if you had any like side effects to the Zolota. Um, so, so interesting. So we started the Zolota in, it must have been, it must have been March. It was like February, March. And I actually was going to the Miami Breast Cancer Conference with my oncologist. Okay. And, um, I just so happened to start Zolota that week and it's like, there's like so many rules that you read with Zalota, you know, it's like get to wear comfortable shoes, no flip-flops, no heels. You have to put special lotion um, on your hands and your feet and, you know, do all this, these things. And uh, I'm like, I'm in Miami. I am not wearing sneakers. I'm wearing all the heels and I'm wearing all the flip-flops and I'll be damned if you try to stop me. Sure. And I'm like, Worst comes to worst, my oncologist is going to be at the resort with me. I'm going to find him, and he's going to fix me. <laughs> For sure. Um, but I never – so, interesting. I never had any issues with, with my hands, like not even with Taxol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had neuropathy in my feet, mm-hmm. um, but I never had anything in my hands. Um, I did eventually lose my fingerprints <gasps> on my hands. Me too. I could not open my phone. 
No. I was like, well, thank God. Right before, uh, what was it? <laughs> After I got my mastectomy, my phone started crapping out on me. So I, uh, I got the facial recognition phone and I was like, oh, thank God I did. <laughs> oh my God. I remember I was like, oh my God, this is so not like user accessible. Where's the ADA? Like this, I can't like get into my phone. This is, yeah. Yeah. I um, didn't realize you would lose your fingerprints. Like, yeah. Uh, I was wearing like brand new flip flops and I was like, is it the shoes? Is it me? I don't know what's going on. And I'm walking and it feels like I'm walking on hot coals. Mm-hmm. And we started out with three and three. Mm-hmm. So it was 3000 uh, milligrams a day, 1500 in the morning, 1500 at night. Um, my oncologist had me on a very strict schedule with him. Every two weeks I had to see him and review and he's, you know, I wrote down, I had a whole journal planner and I wrote down, I wrote down what I ate that day for breakfast. I wrote down any kind of symptoms I had. And, um, he decided, well, actually I thought originally it was worse than IV chemo because at least with IV chemo, the chemo goes right into your bloodstream with this. It has to go through your digestive tract. And then it gets into your bloodstream. And so it gives you stomach pains. Uh, it gives you diarrhea. It gives you hands and foot syndrome and, all mm-hmm. that, and you know, potentially nausea and all that. And uh, it felt like I ate razor blades. Yeah. And I told them that. I said it felt like I ate razor blades. And my, my stomach, it almost sounded like my stomach was screaming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but... It helps you lose weight, so it's a wonderful little duck. <laughs> After everything we've been through and all the steroids and the weight Let's gain. Let's <laughs> find the silver linings, okay? For sure. Oh, my God. I remember going, because I was back to work at this time, too. So I'm, like, you know, taking Zalota every day. I think I was on a regimen of, like. I can't imagine. Oh. I can't imagine. There was one day I was so uncomfortable, and thank God the women in my office have, like, all had, like, gone through, like, labor and pregnancies. So, like, they're walking around in their flip-flops, and they understand, like, what swollen joints are and everything. And I'm like, yeah, this is me. I am straight up showing up in my boyfriend's gym shoes because I needed, like, a size 10 or 12 or something because I was like, I'm so swollen and I'm in so much pain. Like, I just, I need to get to work. <laughs> and I look yeah. ridiculous. Like, fashion is out. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And it's, it's exhausting. Yes. Yeah. It, like, it will hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'll be like, I'll just wait for it to pass. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. But I, I'm lucky to have a very great oncologist that lowered my dosage from okay. 3,000 to 2,000 because everyone's different. Everyone is different heights and weights. And mm-hmm. I think, like, if you have a good oncologist, they will adjust you and find what dosage makes sense for you we dropped it to 2000 and the feet paint went away uh sometimes they would peel sometimes they wouldn't um my biggest complaint was um the extreme fatigue yeah and when you look at everything that you dealt with it's like small potatoes Mm -hmm. you know but I come across a lot of girls that are like oh my oncologist is upping it or I have to and I'm like Wow. Mind blown. Like, and I actually just had a conversation with my oncologist and I was like, can we, uh, can we talk oncology for a second? And I was telling him and he was like, what? Wow. Uh, people are being raised to 2000, uh, was it 4,000, 5,000? Oh my gosh. And, uh, and having all know, these symptoms too. 
Yeah, well, yeah. like terrible, and they're miserable. And one of my girlfriends, her toenails are falling off; they're yes. turning black, and it's like my oncologist is all about quality of life. That's so awesome. So you want, you know, he's not gonna, you know, not gonna make you miserable. And what I loved the most about being at Miami Breast was you're there with the smartest oncologists in the country, mm-hmm. and there's thousands of them, and so. Um, I was there with, uh, Nally Augustine and Stephanie Steven. Yes. And, oh, I'm yes, so jealous. I think I was watching you guys on like your Instagram yes, lives yes, and everything. It was, it was so much fun. Stephanie is amazing. She was the patient keynote speaker and she yeah. totally killed it. Um, and then there was like a few parties that we attended and we got to like rack the brains of these incredible oncologists, which was nice because, so often we have our one oncologist that we right. always go to. And so we're going to go by what he or she says. And so I got to talk to these other oncologists. Like, what do you think about this? They were all in agreement because they were all, you know, they're all great oncologists. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing, and I, I say this to people all the time that I've learned from these oncologists was when it comes to Zalota, because I see so many people suffering, there's no such thing as ideal dose. Mm. The fact that whether someone takes 3,000 milligrams and they're fine or someone takes 2,000 milligrams and they're fine, people think, like, I need to suffer through these symptoms because it's going to fight my recurrence. Mm. If you're taking any um, sample of the drug, you're getting – you're reaping all the benefits. So – you don't want to torture yourself for six months. I'm lucky that I'm still on disability and I'm not working. But like, I talked to so many people who are like, oh, I'm back to work on Zalota. And I'm like, how? And you're taking higher dosages than I am. Right. So kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really important point that you're making too, is that like everyone's height and body weight and quality of life play a factor into that conversation, especially when it comes into like the aftermath of treatment. Like, if we need to be on these drugs for like X amount of time or so many years or whatever we're on, it really does become a question. Like it's not black and white, right? It's like a discussion of like what you can tolerate and what's sustainable. I might go on tamoxifen, which I hope I don't mm-hmm. because they did find, they took eight of my lymph nodes out. Two of them had estrogen in them, but it was a weak estrogen. Okay. So my oncologist was like, I don't want to, but I might. I haven't made that decision yet. And what I love about him is that he's always he's always reading about some medical journal. He's always up to date on what's going on. And he's like, this one doctor that I follow says, I don't care uh, how my patient's uh, cancer either um, mutates or comes back. If they get If they get any type of cancer grown in them, I'm going to treat them for everything, whether it's at a hundred percent or at 2%. Exactly. So he's like, he's like, you're a triple negative in every single way. He's like, you're 99.9 triple negative. And that, you know, so, and from my, what I learned about the whole tamoxifen is because you can either be on it for five or 10 years. Like if you have high risk of recurrence with estrogen cancer, then you'll get the 10 year one or, but yes. like, I don't want to be on this. I, I, I read all the terrible stories and the hot flashes and, you know, getting fat. Like, listen, I was overweight at diagnosis. <laughs> I gained 13 pounds during chemotherapy. 
I took uh, Zalota to lose it all. I am not getting this shit back. <laughs> I love you. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was on the same ACT treatment as you were initially, and then I was also on Herceptin for a year and then Progetta. And then also, like, the capsidabine and – or the Zalota. Yeah. And now I'm getting – it's not chemotherapy. It's, like, some other drip IV that I get every couple months for um, osteoporosis called okay. – um, no, there's Zalota that we took, which was the oral pill. Then there's Zomeda. We're, a- we're, we're aging so gracefully, aren't we? Dude, I'm, like, straight up, like, 80. <laughs> like, I am so unattractive on the inside. <laughs> I can't. <sighs> But, um, so I wanted to ask, you mentioned you were, what, stage 3C. Can you define that for us? So, um, stage 3C, so basically it goes into how many lymph nodes were affected. Okay. So, and from what I learned was, I thought when they do surgery, they can count them, and from what I've been taught from my oncologist he was like no we don't really know how many we just you know we see what's affected and we said we you know estimate um so they said I had at least 10 or more lymph nodes affected so my breast cancer was really weird so I had five tumors I had Hmm. two in my left breast and three in my armpit area oh wow okay yeah did they do the and full then, node dissection on you? Like the full auxiliary? The, the full axillary pocket dissection. Yeah, yes. everything's out. And you know, it's so weird. I always wanted to like ask the audience this one question. But <laughs> I don't sweat on that side. So I don't know if she... Is that a thing? I don't either. I oh, know, like, I'm like, can you okay. do this one too? Like, can you do this side? <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, well, I'm going to save a ton of money on deodorant. <laughs> But did they cut my sweat glands by accident? And I don't you know? grow hair on that side either. It's it's not as bad. Yeah. Like, it's like a little bit, but it's not as bad. It's like peach fuzzy. But it's oh not my like... God, that makes me feel good that someone, because everyone else, because, but you had full dissection, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's only people, because everyone else I talked to, they were like, oh no, I had two or three removes. And I was like, ah. Right. The hell with you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Let me do, I need to find someone like me. I'm so glad <laughs> you brought that up. I was just like, well, maybe I'm lucky. What's going on with this other I side? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I have so much deodorant now because I'm only <laughs> doing one armpit. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, the perks, the silver lining. Absolutely. Now, oh, my God. Like, you don't suffer from lymphedema or are you going to, like, massage or anything? No, you're good. Well, first of all, don't call the devil. No. Because we could get them to do it any day, any five years down the road or whatever. So, well, something kind of interesting happened to me during my, after my surgery. As soon as I had the surgery done, I had this weird, hard flap right on the left side, on my cancer side. And I, uh, you know, you get to the part where you're flat before you get your fills and... Mm-hmm. You could see it in shirts, so you have to. I have. A, I had a nipple sparing vasectomy, so I had to like always wear some kind of bra. But Can um, I just stop you, you there? My... Can I ask you a quick question about that? Since sure. you brought up like the sweat thing, someone else asked me recently. Recently, um, with a nipple sparing mastectomy or lumpectomy or whatever nipple sparing procedure you're getting through, are your nipples always hard? No. Okay. 
So no, because sometimes sometimes they well, it's like sometimes this. Now this is the real conversation when your viewers wanna wanna <laughs> see um, what we're all hear about. <laughs> Um, this one more than that one, but yet I still have my expanders in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I can't, I don't really see my nipples. I can't see them mm-hmm. if, unless they're like a little bit hard, but like it's, it's a different, it's a different, it's different. hardness. Yeah. And obviously there's no sensation there at all, right. you know? Right. And, uh, nipples, nipples honestly are overrated. So, you know. I totally agree. I'm like because yeah, I you know if I wear something without a bra, then I have to put like my nipple shield, my nipple covers on, or like this thing. And sometimes you could see like there's just a round circle around the middle of my chest. Or, of course, I'm the only one that sees it, but it's just like, Ugh. yes, should have just took them off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, get the tattoos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got this weird hard area on this side. And I went to PT to, you know, just move my arms a little bit. And they were like, sometimes this happens on the cancer side during surgery. It's just, a, um, it's an, ad- she explains to me, it was a, um, it was an adhesion. And what's and, an adhesion? Yeah. Some, it's like a skin adhesion thing and, and it's hard. Okay. It's hard if you touch it. So, um, you know, I showed my plastic surgeon and he goes, um, I can get rid of it when we do our, Next surgery, you know, I can liposuction that, cut that out, whatever it is. Um, so it's just the fact of living with it now. But yeah. I had to um, – so he actually sent me for lymphatic massage because he knew I was going to have radiation. And he wanted to, um, you know, really smooth – make this as soft as possible. And that was absolutely great. Lymphatic massage is wonderful if anyone – having a mastectomy and you know you're going to get radiation or you're not going to get radiation you know have your doctor ask you for a script to get a lymphatic massage from a physical therapist and they actually made a lot of the area very soft um, because with radiation radiation could make it really hard Mm -hmm. but um yeah so you know I do the uh I got measured for uh, a sleeve. I wear my Lymphadiva sleeve when I'm, like, on a, a plane or anything like that. Um, but, you know, hopefully yeah. no lymphedema over here. No, that's awesome. So same thing. So I was very nervous about lymphedema. I have, like, a very mild case of it now. I don't know. Okay. Like, I know there's always a risk of getting it. So I feel like we're either – always... Do you feel – does it feel heavy? It definitely felt heavy. Okay. And – I know that, like, the video probably doesn't, like, show, but, like, this hand is so much puffier than, like, my other hand where you can see veins. And here, okay. like, you really can't see, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the I, veins. I see what you're talking about. And you're yeah. like, wow. Like, you can't, like, yeah, the yeah. Um, tendons weird? in your hands. Yeah, totally yeah. weird. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting fat. Like, I'm already, like, bloated from the steroids. And, like, now I'm, like, like getting into, like, my jacket. I'm like, what's up with the left side, guys? Like, it's, yeah. an- it's annoying. But... In all seriousness, like, so I did go see a physical therapist as well. I got a prescription to see one and, you know, going once or twice a week to just have the lymphatic massage was, yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And even I think women, I mean, anyone should really get it to help the lymph nodes move because I feel like fantastic Mm -hmm. walking out of there. Like everything is moving. The digestion is better. It's like a massage. Yes. 
Hello. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And mine is a little bit more on the severe side. So I do a certain wrapping at, in the evening at night. So I have bandages that I wrap to kind of help with the compression. Um, and I am technically supposed to wear the lymphedema sleeve like 24-7, not 24-7, during the day and then not when I sleep. But in the summertime, to be like completely honest, like it is so hot no. and it does not breathe. No. So we'll see. But like, I don't know. It's just annoying that like in terms of like jewelry and aesthetics and like even hair bands, you're like, okay, I can't do anything on the side or like put my purse on the side. Um, but I mean, I'm is managing. Is that the cancer side? It is. Yeah. And so the side that I also like got the lymph nodes removed How and the radiation. How soon did it happen in terms of your treatment? Um, about a year later. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know what I did. Or if I did something or if I was just predestined. Who knows? Because um, wow. I was doing well for a Have, while. Has anyone ever talked to you about um, uh, lymph node transfer surgery? I recently just heard about this. Um, I know that a couple people here in the Boston area had that type of procedure done at a hospital. Um, oh, my God. Beth Israel Hospital. I know not everyone does this type of surgery. But tell yes. me about it. Um, my plastic surgeon is actually one of the few uh, doctors in the country that is certified in this lymph node transfer surgery, which kind of, for me, gives me peace of mind because not only is he my plastic surgeon, yeah, but God take forbid mm -hmm. something like this happens, I'm going to see him immediately. Yeah, that's a really smart idea. And I didn't realize also... And I'm not an expert on this, but I heard that there's also like phases, like stage one through four of lymphedema. So yeah. I'm at like stage one, very minor, totally treatable, not yeah. curable because it's not curable, but like manageable, right? So as long yeah. as I do like the massage therapist taught me like at home techniques that I could be doing, um, should be doing, and you know, plus yeah, like with the compression sleeve and then the wrapping at night. So, you know, I just add it to like my brushing the teeth and the flossing and like the whole bedtime routine is now like a straight up half hour, <laughs> but you know, we're doing well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, know there's like a few, uh, hold on. All right. Now the video just froze for a second. Um, I know there's a few people that, you know, they have to do the wrapping or, you know, mm -hmm. they have like a, it almost looks like a space on their arm yeah. for the uh, lymphedema, those, whatever they they have to do for it. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, me and my plastic surgeon actually had a video. We recorded a video in March for Lymphedema Awareness Month, awesome. and he just goes over um, different things with lymphedema. And most important thing with lymphedema, if you do contract it, um, get treatment right away because then you'll be able to, you know, it might be become ma more manageable if, than if you were to ignore that you had it. it. It could get, you know, it could escalate and get worse. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I asked my massage therapist also about was, you know, I have this fear of like, oh, my God, am I just going to wake up one day and have the arm look like an elephant trunk leg or something, right? Yeah, like, I know, I know. You, you go straight to the Google images yes. and it's like the, the worst case scenario pops up for you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a little puffy, like, oh, my God, what if? And she's like, no, Laura, like, you're doing everything right. And she reassured me that, like, as long as I'm seeing her and taking proactive treatments, just like you said, that we're not letting it get out of control, then there's really nothing to worry about. So that's a really nice peace of mind to know 
exactly what you said. Like, don't ignore the symptoms Mm -hmm. and then manage it. I was a partner of American Cancer Society for years through my company. And I would go to their, I would work their financial tent. So we would take in all the deposits and donations and we add them up and do all these different things. And I did that every single year. And it was always something so fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these women that were affected by cancer, but every time I would drive down there, park my car and I'd see their pink waves and I'd mm. see their pink capes. I always got so emotional and I just felt like I was helping out this group of people that, you know, it, it was so good to, you know, give back. Yes. Never did I ever think I would be one of them. Right. Um, I was an avid, you know, I went to all my doctor's appointments. You know, I saw my medical doctor all the time. I went to see my OBGYN. You know, mm-hmm. I hated going to see the OBGYN, but, you know, you know, you just go and do it. <laughs> um, you know, they tell you to check your breasts every month, and I did, and I never felt anything. Um, and one day I sat on the couch, and I did. I folded my arms like this, and I was like, hmm that feels like a golf ball. And I felt this side and didn't feel anything. And I immediately go into, you know, panic mode. And I'm thinking about the American cancer society. And I was like, it's breast cancer. It's breast cancer. I'm freaking out. And, um, you know, I made an appointment to see my OB and, uh, she was like, I definitely feel something. It's questionable. It's probably a benign fibroid, but you know, let's check it out. And she I love my, my OB. She's, you know, the mm-hmm. reason why, um, I'm with such a stellar medical team. Yeah. Um, and you know, she wasn't one of those people that was like, I, you're 33. It's nothing. It's fine. You know? So, um, you know, I, you know, they, they check it out and, you know, I still remember like feeling like super confident going in there, but as soon as you put that gown on, it all races. I still remember walking through the door and they were like, what are you here for? I'm like, I'm here for a mammogram. They're like, you're so young. Like you don't need a mammogram, but, uh, young women don't get breast cancer. Right. Yes, exactly. And, uh, they were like, they're doing the mammo and they're squishing your boobs in this thing. And it's uncomfortable. And I'm trying not to hold back tears. Like yeah. I'm, crying so hard you know you ever like you want out that let out that good cry but there's like people around you and uh I'm really trying to like compose myself be strong and they're like the doctor doesn't like what he's looking at and I'm like I'm losing that and I was just like the heck with this I'm just gonna you know I'm just crying it out they send me directly across the hall to ultrasound and uh I'm like looking at it on the screen like very very dark Thing that they're uh, zooming in on, and the doctor comes in. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, that's breast cancer. It's totally treatable these days." And I'm like, "What?" And he was like, "My mother had breast cancer. It came back seven years later, but she's got great quality of life." And da, da, da. and I was like, "Why are we using the c word? Like, maybe it's not." And then I remember the tech goes, "They're like, all right, look at the screen. One, two, raise your arm." Three, four, five. <gasps> and I'm like, they were counting oh out God. loud, like watching, like what? But they were like, they were like, they were showing me all the, um, the, you the know, tumors, tumors oh that were there. God. And, um, he goes, well, whatever this is, 
it needs to go. We need to cut this thing out. Yeah. And, you know, I went to the appointment by myself and, um, I never had surgery before. So I was like kind of anxious, like, Oh, they want to cut these weird things out of me. And, you know, I still, when I found my lump, it hurt. Right. So immediately we go to Google and we mm-hmm. ask Google, do breast lump, uh, do breast cancer lumps hurt? And what does it say? No. And I'm like, okay, that makes me feel good. You don't, you won't get breast cancer if it's not in your family. Right. All right, great. You know, and this thing was killing me. Like I would randomly be driving down the road and I just be like, you know, like, it was like stabbing oh. pain. And so, uh, what was it? Uh, most people know that I named my tumor, my largest tumor. His name is Larry. Larry. Because he is the star of the show. And he needs, to be honest with you, he needs a name. And uh, <laughs> my mother would be like, Larry doesn't like getting his picture taken. So that was like the big joke. Because whenever, like, I would get, like, a wand on him or yeah. I would get some kind of a scan, he would hurt so badly. Mm. But, um, yeah, and it's actually kind of interesting. So, so what was really, well, I actually had a kidney stone at Mm. the same time that I found this breast lump. It was my second kidney stone in my life. This sounds terrible. This bugger did not want to leave. It was, he was in there for like over a month and a half. And, uh, you know, I was going to a urologist and I'm like at work and I'm in so much pain and I'm like, I can't, I need, I need to go to the hospital. I need to, you know, see, you know, so I go to the hospital close to my job. That just so happens to be the day I was supposed to find out my biopsy result. And something tells me that like, maybe this kidney stone wasn't going away because, you know, my body was trying to tell me, like, there's something going on in you, and we're not going to leave until you get this checked out. So they go to scan me to see how far this kidney stone is ready to fall out. And um, they come in the room with me, and they say, uh, we just want to let you know um, we saw a breast lump on your scan. Um, most breast lumps are benign, but we just, you know, we're going to give you information, everything that you need to know. Um, so while I was out of the room, when they scanned me, um, of course I missed the phone call from my OB and she leaves me a voicemail and she's like, Hey Kelly, it's uh, Dr. Rochetti. Give me a call back. And so I'm like, Oh great. She sounds happy. I call her back and she's like, you can tell that like her tune was changing. She was trying to find the right words to say to me. And she's yeah. like, uh, you have a, it came back positive. And I'm like, what? He's like, you have a form of breast cancer and you need to get checked out immediately. And I'm thinking, what? And I'm like, am am, am I going to die? And she's like, you need to see a breast surgeon. I'm like, am I going to be okay? You need to see a breast surgeon immediately. And I'm like, oh my God. And she goes, I know a great breast surgeon. I already made the appointment for you. I hope oh you're not mad at me. And I'm like, oh, how could I be mad at you for something like that? So that's how I met my breast surgeon now. And um, mm-hmm. I was always supposed to be with my oncologist um, that I, I see right now, Dr. Cohen. And But he was away in Israel. So my... Um, I remember my breast surgeon was like, you, you need to see a doctor right now. 
you needed chemotherapy like six months ago. Like this is like, we don't have a lot of time, Kelly. And I'm like in the room with my mother and my husband thinking I'm going to die. This, this disease is going to end up killing me. Even though I was such a proactive uh, person that went to the doctor and I did everything they was told me to do. Like I still, I got this wrong. And, um, they told me I need to do the, the poor surgery and they asked me like, um, do you have any children? I said, no, I don't have any children. And they were like, well, we have to ask you if you want to do egg retrieval. You don't have time to do egg retrieval, but we need to ask you. And me and my husband, we've been married for seven years now. And, and the thought of kids wasn't never on our the top agenda. It was like, you know, I married my husband because I loved him. I didn't marry him to have a family with him. And, you know, if we did have children, then, you know, we did. Like, whatever whatever the – however our life was going to play out, that's, that's what we were going to do. And first and foremost, I want to live. How can I be a mother if I'm dead? So, you know, I – I don't want to do the egg retrieval. I can't do the egg retrieval. It's fine. It's all fine. Throw this port in me. Let's do this chemotherapy. I'm scared as shit, but let's let's do this thing. And um, Dr. Cohen, who is like well-known doctor in Central Jersey, he's he was in Israel, so I had to see his partner. So I go meet with his partner. Very, very smart. I'll never take that away from him. And he explains to me, goes, you have something called triple negative breast cancer and da, 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 and this is the treatment. And, um, I just want to let you know that people die from what you have. And I'm like, what? That and I was kind that... of like shocked. Cause I was like, you know, I thought breast cancer was like, you know, I didn't know anyone that died from it. I know a lot of women that have had it and they're still around. So I was like, well, maybe it'll be one of those things that you just have to treat it. And you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm 33 and I still remember I reached over the desk and I grabbed him by his wrist and I said, you're not going to let me die. And he goes, "Mm, I'll try my best. I'm like, try your best. No, no, no. I'm going to need more than that. Long story short, we got rid of this dude because he was screwing up everything. He screwed up my, 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 uh, nausea meds. He didn't send me my numbing cream. Mm. He wasn't returning phone calls. I remember, you know, I had such a good memory. I was a bank manager and I had to remember all sorts of things and I never had to write anything down. And once you, someone tells you you have cancer, all that just kind of for pre-chemo brain, pre-chemo anything, your memory is just like everything goes in one ear and out the other. Exactly. And, uh, you know, no, I, I couldn't have, I, I didn't want this guy on my team and I didn't feel good about him. And, um, when Cohen came back, um, I actually fired my oncologist on my first day of chemotherapy. And would you believe, all right, the plot seconds, would you believe that he came to my first chemotherapy to confront me on, on switching doctors? He waited for my nurse to leave the room. He walks in. Mind you, my husband's sitting with me, but he didn't care. He pulls up the chair next to me and goes, ah, so I heard you're, uh, you're going to Cohen. 
And uh, he's like, why is that? And I'm like, are you confronting a cancer patient? Like at the fir- at their first chemotherapy? And he said whatever he said. And then he like left. And my nurse came in and she goes, I've been doing this for 25 years. Never in my mind did I ever see or hear of a doctor standing outside our door, listening to us, waiting for me to leave to confront a patient. But, you know, I think through all of this and all the feelings that I felt, it just, it made everything come full circle for me. And I appreciate my oncologist so much more because I went from people die from what you have till, you know, I'm going to knock this out of the park. Yes. Like my oncologist was like, he's not the most, uh, he believes that um, if positive uh, positivity will help heal you, and I and I and I do kind of agree with him. Yeah. So like he won't, he'll sugarcoat you a little bit. Like mm-hmm. for the longest time, I didn't know what stage I was. Like my my breast surgeon was like, "You're stage three. Mm-hmm. and he was like, "Ah, eh, you're at least two, but it doesn't matter because I'm gonna get rid of it. it. Doesn't matter what stage you are." Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'm three. Am I three A? Am I early three? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, literally did all the chemo, did the surgery, did the fills, did the radiation, got my survivorship papers, and it was like three C. And I was like, I knew it. It was bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, oh. you know, his heart was in the right place. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? A story. It's been a, it's been a trip. It's it's been a ride. I mean, and we're still we'll still ride in this wave. Yeah, you know? no, of it's, course. You know? Yeah, but I think but, I mean to everyone like listening and watching, it's like you have to have that rapport. Like you know, in your gut, at the end of the day, like we're going through hell and back. It's not going to be easy, and you need someone that you can trust. And I remember, like it was interesting too because I'm not originally from Boston, but like the stars aligned and I'm in Boston and I got diagnosed with breast cancer again, similarly with like access to some of the best renowned doctors in the world. And I chose my oncologist. Yeah, uh, Dana Farber is the uh, hospital. Yes. So be, like really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But I actually went to Tufts medical, which is interesting because everyone's like, Oh, are you going to Dana? Are you going to Dana? And I'm like, no guys, like I chose my crew. Like I love my crew. Like we're, we're on the same page. And I did not get second or third opinions. Like I knew when I walked in that Same. like this was this was it. And it was it's amazing how people try and persuade you. People emailed me like recommendations of doctors. I'm like, that's not actually helpful. Like I made a decision, guys. I need you to stay in your lane. Yes. But I appreciate it. <laughs> it's so funny that you talk about um, everyone expected you to go to this big hospital. Same story. Like, we're, like, diagnosis twins over here, I feel like. <laughs> because um, I'm in central Jersey. So I'm an hour from Phil- uh, Philadelphia and New York City. Yeah. When you think New York City, you think Sloan Kettering. Yeah, sure. So everyone was like, oh, you need to go to Sloan Kettering. You need to go to Sloan Kettering. And I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good judge of character where, you know, I met my breast surgeon. I really liked her. I thought she was scary and terrifying but I knew she knew her stuff 
Exactly. And my sister-in-law is like, I know someone that had breast cancer. You know, everyone. Like, I know someone that had breast cancer. And they went to Sloan Kettering, and they're totally fine now, and you need to go to Sloan Kettering. Oh, my God. And you so, need to eat mushrooms, too, because, like, mushrooms cure cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With, with essential oil. Um, <laughs> um, so, my, you know, I've never done cancer before, so what do I know? Right. So my husband goes online, and he does an internet inquiry with Sloan. They called me the next day. They said, okay, we need your pathology report, and we need all this stuff, and scan to us, and we'll set up an appointment. I scanned it to them. They never called me. And you can't call them back because their numbers are blocked. Like, it's a right. it's a blocked. And I just kind of took that as, like, an omen. You know, a lot of people didn't have triple negative breast cancer. People had, And people that I was coming across had breast cancer, but it was a triple negative. And finding out that triple negative is only like 10 to 15% of breast cancers. And it, you know, you either have the gene mutation, which I don't have the gene mutation for, or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, bad luck. And, um, you know, I wanted to, uh, I always want to learn about stuff. And so I wanted to learn everything I could about triple negative. I wanted to be ahead of this. Like, what should I be doing? What should I be eating? What is, what is this disease? You know? And uh, at one point I turned into this spokesperson for triple negatives and I would like find women that had triple negative and we would talk and, um, people that were like ahead of me on their journey. And so I'd ask them and you know, I remember I came across this one um, Instagram. Her name is uh, Shar Smith. Mm. And um, she was shared on We Are Survivors. And it gave me hope. And I started yeah. to talk to this girl because her tumors were actually starting to shrink. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I turned, you know, I changed my hands on. And everyone's like, what is talk is cheap? What does this mean? Well, mm. you know, actions speak louder than words. Uh, I've been, I'm sure everyone can, you know, can't stand when someone says that they're going to do something or, you know, and it doesn't happen or, you know, like yeah, what you do means more than what you say. I will never say I'm going to do something and not do it. So yep. talk is cheap was taken. So I became talk is cheap. XO. XO. I um, love it. but yeah. you know, my whole thing right now is, uh, if, if you do have this diagnosis, it's okay. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to die from this. And there's a huge uh, community of women out here, and we're all cheering each other on. This is what this is what thrivers want to do. Yes. They want to connect. They want to get these. They want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to heal. Yes. Like, how can we help each other heal? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Kelly, you are a true rock star and such an inspiration. I loved every single second speaking with you on this podcast. So thank you so much for being a guest, laughing, being my cancer twin. I can't believe how much we have in common. And hopefully our paths will cross um, when we are down in Philly. So I hope to see you soon. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on thriving. All of the information on our podcast are provided to you from peer-to-peer resources. This is not a substitute for medical professional advice. Please contact your doctors and medical care team for that information. If you want to get more involved in our organization, you can follow us on so many social media outlets 
join our closed Facebook group or like our Facebook page. We are also starting to promote information on YouTube, so please check the links below, subscribe, like, ring the bell for all sorts of notifications, and if you haven't yet already, we would love to have you subscribe to our newsletter, so head on over to survivingbreastcancer.org and scroll to the bottom where you can subscribe. We are always putting out weekly newsletters with information, lots of great content, events, and yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. So welcome to the community. Glad you're here, and we'll chat next week. Bye.